Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of Infinite Journeys. As always, I am Tony Z, and this week, I am alone. <laughs> Asher couldn't make it this week, so I just decided uh, I was still going to... The show must go on, as they say. Asher will hopefully return next week. He's just not feeling well right now and couldn't make it to the episode. So anybody who wants to send well wishes his way to Asher and his family as they recover, then uh, feel free to do so in the comments or whatever. Whenever you watch this episode, I'm still recording video for this episode, so I'm almost treating it like it's a YouTube channel episode. I don't know. But uh, because Asher's not here, I'm not going to do any news gone wild this time. I think that's better when you have two people so you can kind of bounce off of each other and have someone else's reaction to the articles I come up with. So I'm only going to do strictly lore today. So for those of you that are excited about that or that only listen to the lore, well, here you go. <laughs> You're getting just straight up lore today. It's also a little bit of a taste of uh, what we have coming to the Patreon very soon. I think I, I, actually by the time you listen to this, there's a, probably already an episode up of our new Patreon exclusive show called Infinite Journeys Platinum, which I have dubbed all lore all the time. I should have done the I should have done the uh, logo as a background, but whatever. I did Diablo as a background. I'm going to continue on with some more Diablo lore today, specifically the Necromancers, also known as the Priests of Rathma, and a little bit on Rathma himself, who he was, and uh, how the priests were formed. That's my plan for this episode of Infinite Journeys, which is episode 41, I believe. Can't believe we're already 41 episodes in. Can't believe we've already been in it a year. We've already passed 6,000 downloads, so thank you all so much for listening. Continue doing that. Downloading the that. I'm already jumbling my words. Continue uh, downloading the show, listening, spreading the word to your friends. Uh, reviews on Apple mean like a great deal to the show. So if you really do enjoy Infinite Journeys, please be sure to rate five stars or leave a review over on Apple. That really helps us go up in their little algorithm and get seen by other people. So it's the best way of getting our show or our show expanded. Also continue doing that on Spotify as well. We seem to be doing well over on Spotify. So continued growth on Spotify will be good for the channel as well, especially now that Anchor has become Spotify for podcasters. That's becoming our main platform. It seems like a majority of you listen on Spotify. So thank you for listening over there. Be sure if you're interested to participate each episode. I, When I remember, I throw up a little question at the end regarding the episode for you all to engage with us. And anybody who does that, I will uh, respond to anything you say or read them on the following episode the following week but yeah that's how it's going uh a couple more quick announcements and then we'll get into we'll get into the necromancers uh another new show that i will be debuting very soon on the patreon is called story time with tony z i announced this on twitter it's going to be probably about once a month on the patreon and each episode of that is going to be a new short story that i've crafted but Patreon subscribers will be able to either have their names or their likeness used in these individual stories or can create their own characters that i will use in the individual stories all the stories will be written by me i used to do a lot of writing growing up so i'm kind of excited to get back into the creative writing process i've already started on the first story using javier who will be known as the character javi i made sure i got your permission for that javier so <laughs> i got his permission for that in our infinite journeys discord which i also never talk about so if you would like to join the Infinite Journeys free Discord community, please be sure to do so. I'll actually remember to leave a link in the description, which I think I said I was going to do last episode and did not do. So <laughs> be sure to do that. And yeah, be on the lookout for that. In addition to our other shows, like Once Upon a Throwback, our Retro and Nostalgia podcast. And uh, yeah, Infinite Journeys Platinum coming soon, which is just going to be basically what I'm doing on this episode today. It's just going to be more lore on uh, 
It's just going to be the lore, though. There's going to be no news going wild, no pre-banter, none of that. Just straight into the lore. All lore all the time. That's the plans for that show, which is basically today. So <laughs> this is basically Infinite Journeys Platinum, like episode zero as a main Infinite Journeys episode of the podcast. But yeah, that's all. That's going to do it for all the announcements. Just keep doing what you're doing. Keep listening. Thank you all for listening. And uh, let's go ahead and get into a little bit of this uh, Diablo lore on the Necromancers. Necromancers is actually one of my favorite classes in Diablo due to one of its main skill sets, which I'll get into a little bit later. I never realized that one of his, the Necromancer's specific skills actually has a lore tidbit to that as well, which I found was kind of cool. But first, why don't we talk a little bit about Rathma? Now, if you listen to episode 40, I did mention Rathma. It was our episode on Anarius and Lilith. So I've already mentioned that Rathma is actually the son of Anarius and Lilith. But that was about kind of all I went into detail with there. That he was a son, and then I went into detail pretty much nothing into the into the character of Rathma at all because I knew I was going to save it for a later a later date, which is this episode. So Rathma is also known by his birth name of Lenarian. That was his original name given to him whenever he was born. He's a first generation Nephilim and tutor to the first necromancer of the priest of Rathma. We'll get a little bit into who that necromancer is as well because he's actually a key player or one of the keynote players in the Sin Wars, which I also found kind of cool. We have not touched fully on the Sin Wars yet. I may do that on a future episode, or I may do it on an Infinite Journeys Platinum episode. But I did go... Actually, I went quite a bit into the Sin Wars and Odyssean and all that stuff in episode 40. So if you listen to this episode and haven't listened to episode 40 yet, uh, yeah, go listen to that. You'll get more on the Sin Wars and uh, Anarius, Lilith, key players for Diablo 4, their back history, all that kind of stuff. Uh, skip to about 35 minutes in if you only want the lore for that episode. We had a, quite a bit of news gone wild and pre-banter in the beginning. but <laughs> Yeah, so Lenarian was actually taught the concept of the balance, which is known as the delicate interplay between the powers of order and chaos, which is basically order being the angels, chaos being the demons. So it's like the balance is like maintaining the balance between the two factions, I guess. That's how I took it. So it's like trying to keep them from uh, causing chaos or, or, or overtaking Sanctuary, really. Uh, Lenarian was taught the concept of the balance by Trigul, which is an ancient and mysterious dragon-like being who guards Sanctuary and maintains the balance. So I didn't know much about Trigul himself. I didn't really look too much into it other than the fact that he's this ancient and mysterious dragon-like being known to guard Sanctuary. I'm sure there's more significance there. Maybe I'll cover Trigul specifically on another episode and how Trigul was made, because I don't know a whole lot about Trigul. There's a little bit on him here on who the priest of Rathba think he is. But uh, yeah, other than that, he's just an ancient mysterious dragon, and he guards Sanctuary. So someone, I'm assuming Anarius or somebody, must have placed him as the guard, because... Or he was formed when Sanctuary was created. I mean, this is just some Tony Z myth here. I don't know. <laughs> but like we said, because we know that Anarius... And Lilith created Sanctuary, so yeah, Trigul somewhere must have been in there. But uh, Rathma was also given, or I shouldn't say Rathma, Lenarian was given the name of Rathma by Trigul as uh, he became like a student of Trigul. And he was given the name of Rathma, which actually means Keeper of the Balance. So originally he was Lenarian, and then once he got under the tutelage of Trigul, he became Rathma, or Keeper of the Balance. He proved himself an able student and received wisdom that angels and demons lacked. And uh, as uh, he did that, he also began working to keep Sanctuary hidden from the high heavens and limit the influence of the burning hells there. So his main goal was to make sure that 
the burning hells didn't take over and to keep the high heavens out as well because as we know the high heavens would probably just come in and be like this is an abomination destroy everything so he was kind of trying to keep both sides at bay i guess that's what kind of maintaining the balance is is like trying to keep them from taking over sanctuary at any one time wrath was served trigal for centuries and by doing so they kept the balance within sanctuary and Rathman was also a key participant in the Sin War. He acted in the shadows alongside Trigul to sabotage both of his parents' causes and preserve the balance by ensuring that neither Lilith, Anaris, or their respective races of demons and angels could dominate the future of the world. Yes, yeah, so that was that kind of ties into what I was just talking about. So during the Sin Wars, he found out that uh, I don't remember how, but he found out that Lilith was was back on Sanctuary. And so his whole thing was to act within the shadows to keep them from controlling the future, basically, and to make sure that no angels or demons could control the future and that only those within Sanctuary created or Nephilim or or in the future races, humans would control their own destiny. That's what I got out of that. So basically, he just doesn't want anybody to rule us. He wants us to be able to have our own destiny. I don't know why I'm saying us. He wanted humans to be able to have their own destiny. And uh, so he set out to do that. And uh, Wrath was also one of the few residents of Sanctuary to actually be able to recall the events of the Sin War, which is assumed to be an allowance for the original Nephilim due to their highly advanced ages. So I guess after the events of the Sin War, everybody forgot what happened. I don't know how. Well, I guess, I mean, it says due to their highly advanced ages, so it must be something that people were either made to forget or just over time they forgot. And uh, Rathma, being a Nephilim, must have lived for like a long period of time and could still remember those events. Rathma then established the priests of Rathma alongside founding necromancer Kalin, who actually is uh, Mendeln, the brother of Odyssean in the Sin Wars trilogy. I plan on covering more on Mendeln as well as the uh, Sin Wars trilogy, most likely in its in entirety, like all the events of the Sin Wars on a future episode of Infinitary's Platinum. So I'm not going to get too much into that now, just that Kalen was the birth brother of Odyssean, which is the main character of Sin Wars. And uh, he's the first like necromancer master, like the founding member of the order under Rathma, which I found was kind of cool. So after they after they formed the priests of Rathma, they did that to ensure that the balance would forevermore have its protectors, whether people could remember the events that nearly destroyed the planet or not. So it's basically like they just want to have people that will always protect the Earth. And uh, it doesn't matter if people can remember the events that nearly destroyed it, the Earth or the Sanctuary. I don't know why I keep saying Earth, but <laughs> Sanctuary still needs to be protected. I mean, that's that's basically what that says. I'm having some trouble with my notes here because I keep going widescreen on me. I have to scroll over and then I got I lost myself there. <laughs> yeah, they want to ensure that the balance would forevermore have its protectors even if the world could not remember the events that nearly destroyed so once again just protecting the balance keeping things at bay uh, a side note here that i had is that the priests of rathma use a five-sided pattern to represent trigul the five points each holds a symbol which represents one of the five elements that they believe trigul is linked to earth fire water and time and they believe that all the elements of creation are tied to trigul I thought that was kind of cool. So that was just a little tidbit, a tidbit, a little tidbit. So if you see any like uh, any of the necromancers' flags or whatever, that's what it all ties to. It all ties back to Trigul. 
later on, Rathman was killed by his father, Anarius. You can listen to episode 40 for more on this because I do talk about that event on him being killed and what was going on there. Uh, a little side note I have here about Rathma and some of his abilities, which I thought was kind of cool, is that he was known to be capable of shifting between Sanctuary and Trigul's realm at will. So Trigul kind of has his own realm, which I guess is like a probably a realm between time or something. And Rathma could travel between that at will. He could also teleport within Sanctuary and even pass through solid objects, almost like a ghost. So he could probably just walk through walls and stuff, which I found kind of cool. But that was all the information I had in terms of Rathma himself. So why don't we get a little bit into the actual necromancers, also known as the priests of Rathma. Now, when I wrote these notes down, I gave a little bit of background on necromancers themselves, but then I also went into a little bit of Diablo 2 specific ne necromancers and Diablo 3 specific necromancers, because the uh, necromancer class that you play as in Diablo 2 is actually a key character himself, which I found kind of cool, and I, I don't know how I didn't know that. It's it shouldn't surprise me at all because in Diablo One, the main the warrior character is the son of, of uh, the king or whatever. So I mean, it makes sense that the character classes you play in Diablo Two, while they're not named and you can name them whatever you want, in canon, they have specific names and tied to specific things. So yeah, the necromancers, also known as the priests of Rathma, reside in the jungles of Kejistan in a vast underground city known as the Necropolis. Makes sense. Necromancers, Necropolis, why am I not surprised? <laughs> Due to this isolation, they are able to study their distinct arcane science of necromancy, which no other mortal has been able to master. So these these uh, priests of Rathra are the only ones who can practice necromancy, apparently. Which is why you won't see, like, sorcerers or anyone else wielding or raising the dead or anything like that. The practitioners of necromancy use prime magic, which is also used by the Ascari or as people may know them, the Amazons in Diablo 2. That was a little side note I thought was kind of cool. Prime energies flow through all living things, and necromancers manipulate these energies to curse the fate of their victims. Necromancers are pragmatic and above temptation, and so they know that because they know that death is a part of life, they do not seek to deny it. So they're just kind of like, we know that everything dies, and that's just a fact of life, so they're not going to like deny that at all. Their knowledge of the unknown allows them to face death without fear, and they hold sacred the delicate balance between life and death. Or the delicacy between, I don't know. I think I, I missed the word there when I was typing the notes, but yeah, so they they basically hold secret the delicacy of life and death. The purpose of the Priests of Rathma via their doctrine is actually to maintain their balance between order and chaos, which we just talked about earlier. I think that's basically keeping the angels and demons from taking over the world, basically. <laughs> They strive to use their powers to serve the balance and never upset it. And desire to uphold this balance is what brought necromancers out from their remote home of Necropolis to face the likes of Diablo and other evils. So I guess originally they were just secluded in isolation in Necropolis, but then their desire to maintain the balance kind of pushed them out of this city. To uh, And that's kind of what pushed into the events of Diablo 2 when the necromancer first appears. Necromancers seek to rid the mortal realm of any non-mortal intervention. So that's what I was talking about earlier. Keeping the angels and the demons out. Let the humans just kind of live here on their own. Although the necromancers maintain a neutral standpoint, standpoint, they are known to ally themselves with the order until the balance is restored. I tried to look into which order this was. I'm just going to assume it's the order of light because I couldn't find anything 
within the lore or the wiki that's just called the order all i could find is like the order of the light and then the uh order of the paladins or something like that i couldn't find anything specific so i'm going to assume that they've been known to ally themselves with the order of the light until the balance is restored in Diablo 2 canon, players who choose the Necromancer class are actually playing as a character named Zul. Zul later on takes on an apprentice named Matan, who can be seen later in Diablo 3, but Zul does not appear in Diablo 3. However, he does actually appear in Diablo Immortal as part of the Ashwald Cemetery storyline, where a second apprentice, Lethus, attains a shard of the Worldstone and raises the dead. At some point in their history, Zul and Lethus's relationship had become strained, and Lethus believed that Zul was jealous of her, seeking to suppress her potential. Zul, in, in turn, noticed that Lethus had a disregard for life and taught her at least one painful lesson. So I'm assuming that that means they had fought before and uh, Zul got the upper hand there. Uh, Lethus then abandoned the priest of Rathma and would later claim that Zul had attempted to kill her but could not or would not do it. So that was an interesting little tidbit I had. I thought it was kind of cool that in canon, Zul was the main was a necromancer you play as in Diablo 2 and then later on appeared in Diablo 3. No news or not Diablo 3, Diablo uh Immortal. He's not in Diablo 3. So I don't know what but his apprentice is. So maybe by the time Diablo 3 had gone on, Zul was either somewhere else or has passed or maybe he'll make an appearance in Diablo 4. That'd be kind of cool. I don't know. It would be kind of cool to have some characters that you play as in past games show up as like NPCs in future games. That'd be kind of cool. Uh, I have a little bit here on the Diablo 2 playstyle. In Diablo 2, the Necromancer or Zul can command legions of the undead and elemental golems to overwhelm his foes from afar. He can also wield the power of poison, imbuing his dagger with it, or he can explode large poisonous novas outwards from himself. So in terms of Diablo 2, it's kind of like a poison ring. Like you you cast a spell and just all these poison nova rings just kind of blow out from him and like poison everything that gets within range of him. Pretty cool attack as well as some of the other attacks he has. Also cool. Uh, Zul also specializes in bone manipulation. He can oddly, or he can oddly, no. He can summon a bone spirit to chase down an enemy, so like a spirit made of bone. He can siphon bits of their soul, or he can even trap them in a bone prison, which in uh, Diablo 2 gameplay, basically, when they get trapped, they can't move, so it allows you to get a bunch of hits in on the enemy. Pretty good on specific enemies, but I think the higher level enemies can just break the bone prison unless you have a lot of skill or stat points put into it from what I remember. But if you have enough and it can hold them in place, it's it's a good way to keep people at bay for a while. He could, I remember he could also summon like a bone wall, which just throws up a wall of bones in front of you. So if you're trying to run, like if you're in your health is in dire needs of health potions, you don't have any, you're trying to get away quickly, you can throw up one of those bone walls behind you and give yourself some time to breathe to try and get out of a sticky situation, which I always thought was kind of cool. Oddly enough, he can even throw teeth, which is one of his key spells in the beginning of Diablo 2. He just, like, throws out teeth. And then a little side note here, that's similar to the finishing move of pro wrestler Dan Housen, who shoves teeth into his opponent's mouth. Mm -hmm. I wonder. Dan Housen! <laughs> Are you a Diablo 2 necromancer, Dan Housen? I wonder if Dan Housen even plays video games. I don't know. Very funny, but cool character in Danhausen. He's one of my favorite characters in uh, All Elite Wrestling right now. I just thought it was funny that he puts the teeth in their mouth, and I was like, hmm, this could tie into a necromancer. But yeah, along with all these skills, Zul also utilizes prime magic to curse his foes. And I remember specifically in Diablo 2, you could use like amplified damage to where you or anyone in your party will do more damage. You could, uh, 
You can cause them to run away in fear, like all sorts of different kind of curses that will affect the enemies directly, but will also affect your play style. So like amplified damage is obviously a good one because you're going to do more damage and more. So like, say you cast the amplified damage and you have maybe a corpse explosion and it blows up and then it's just going to cause more damage. That's kind of cool. So you can kind of tie in those spells together. I used to like in the beginning of Diablo 2, like amplified damage was one of the first curses you could get and i never really messed too much with curses maybe i'll do a curse run on like hmm, there's a thought maybe a diablo 2 resurrected gameplay on the patreon or something and maybe i'll do like a curses bone and curses necromancer because i used to just raise golems and stuff was how i mainly played but it could be interesting. but i used to just run to an area of enemies that just cast amplified damage and then my skeleton minions which i think is like one of the early skills you can get would just start fighting them and take them out for me. That was kind of a key play in the beginnings of Act 1. Uh, in Diablo 3, the Necromancer actually focuses more on bone and blood spills alongside the Necromancy and Curses. So I found it interesting that they're focusing more on these blood spells, and uh, they didn't really focus as much on poison. So poison is like a big part of the Necromancer class. Poison in Diablo 2 is like, probably one of the better things you can poison those enemies and it does that damage over time and drains their health and if you do higher amounts of poison then it, some of these lo lesser class enemies with one poison nova like these little freaking carver demons that are all throughout the game they're annoying bam wipe them out wipe out maybe sometimes even the shamans so some of the low the lower level enemies are just going to take out with one blast of that thing which is kind of cool but in that in uh, diablo 3 they didn't focus as much on the poison which is due to the fact that the uh the Witch Doctor class in Diablo 3 was already using poison, so the developers decided to keep that a minimum for the Necromancer. And uh, something interesting is that Zul did not have a blood-related theme in Diablo 2, so they created this blood theme, blood-related theme for Diablo 3, but it ties into the lore and, like, the life and maintaining the balance and stuff, so it makes sense that they would use some of this blood. I don't know if I would say blood magic, because I think that's reserved more for certain demons, but this new version of the Necromancer uses a resource called Essence, which ties in with the Prime Magic theme. They can also use their own health as a resource to use more powerful magic skills, such as the Simulacrum, which creates a bloody human entity summon that mimics some skills they cast. So basically, you're creating a bloody version of yourself that does some of your same attacks. So it's like cloning yourself, kind of, out of your own blood. Disgusting, gory, but kind of cool, <laughs> I guess since it uses some of your own skills. Much like Zul and Diablo 2, they can also summon skeletons, skeleton mages, and command various types of golems. So they kept, still kept that key to the Diablo character. One of my favorite things in um, Diablo 2 originally, after like being the game for the first time and stuff like that, is eventually they have like these trainer things where you could go into Diablo 2 and like adjust your health or your mana to be like infinite, basically, or you could put as many skill points as you wanted. So I remember one time I almost like the original Diablo 2 here I'm talking about, not Resurrected. I don't know if anybody's created one for Resurrected on PC, but the original Diablo 2 I played on PC. But I remember I just wanted to mess around with the Necromancer at one point, and I just put, like, so many skill points into skeletons, and it was just, like, an entire military unit of skeletons, like, hundreds of skeletons. <laughs> it was completely pointless, because you just walk on the screen and just everything's dead. Like, it was, it was just a funny thing to do sometimes, just to play around and see what you could do in this game with... If I put this many skills into this, what do it do? For example, you do a paladin with infinite health and you put 
let's say you take the Paladin and Paladin has a thing that's thorns that reflects damage upon the enemy. The more skill points you put in the thorns, the more damage the enemy takes when they hit you. So you put that thing at like level 99 and pretty much any enemy that just hits you is just instantly dead. <laughs> Which was also kind of funny. So you just run around with thorns and half the enemies wouldn't even hit you. They would just go and just die. But yeah, those were some fun days, man. Just screwing around with with the game in those ways. Almost, it's kind of like an early version of a mod, I guess, that you would apply to it. But yeah, so they can also raise skeletons and golems. They can utilize freshly spawned corpses to cast revives, spawning up to 10 minions to command, or devour to consume the corpses and restore essence. All necromancers also have my favorite skill in the entire series, Corpse Explosion. As its name entails, they can cause corpses of enemies to explode, causing massive amounts of damage. Specifically, in Diablo 2, the corpse explosion works in accordance with how much health the enemy has as well as their level. So basically, the higher the level of the monsters are that you're using the corpse explosion on, the the more damage the explosion is going to cause. So you hit like a unique enemy or something like that. I, obviously, it doesn't work because boss like big bosses like Diablo and stuff, like, you're not going to get a corpse explosion on them. But like those more unique enemies, you get like waves of enemies and the special or unique enemies explode one of those corpses and it'll damage all the enemies around it. And the higher the level, the more damage it causes, which is kind of a cool thing. Uh, in Diablo 3, that gets utilized even more because necromancers can actually target up to five corpses within 11 yards and explode them all at the same time, causing massive damage within a 20-yard radius. So, like, that's a key thing I'm all constantly using in Diablo 3 when that necromancer class was is so overpowered. Like, you have all these corpses on the ground and you can kind of, as long as you have essence, you can keep casting that corpse explosion. So... I would pile up a bunch of bodies, and then when, like, a say, a group of those unique enemies comes in, just explode all of those corpses <laughs> and just take them out instantly. You could clear entire waves of the map that way, which I was just like, man, this class is crazy. But sometimes it's fun to play with this class. is just super ultra-powerful and can kind of keep a distance a little bit. But, yeah, in Diablo lore, every corpse created, actually, every corpse created as a violent death actually carries with it the anguish of its final moments, and the necromancer calls upon those energies and focuses them into a single violent force, which then expels itself from the carcass with such power that it causes a dramatic explosion. I found that interesting, that there was actually lore to the corpse explosion itself, so it's like he's calling upon the energies of it, of the anguish it feels whenever it dies in such a violent fashion, and then uses that basically to explode, <laughs> which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, the necromancer to as of note is it playable in Diablo Immortal I'm actually working on Necromancer Run in Diablo Immortal right now on my mobile phone I think I'm like level 35 or something like that and uh, will also be played in Diablo 4 as well I didn't get to play much of it during the open beta weekend because I was playing other games as well but I did get to dabble in it I'm excited to see where that goes when the full game comes out and how much more it opens up or more lore there but yeah that was about all I had had I guess for the necromancers I thought I had more than that but apparently at the bottom I just redid my entire Wrath of class. <laughs> I must have copied and pasted it somewhere but yeah one of my definitely one of my favorite classes the necromancers and uh I always thought it was cool that they use like poison and bone I think it is another skill called bone spear at least in Diablo 3 where when you throw it uh, it does more damage the more enemies it passes through so you get like a line of enemies in front of you and you throw it and it'll just go through like a whole bunch of enemies and as it hits each one it does more and more damage 
which is kind of a cool attack because it'll usually kill the third or fourth enemy as it goes through them. And yeah. So yeah, hopefully y'all enjoyed this episode. It's probably a little bit shorter than most episodes without actually without the news going wild, but a lot of information there straight from the lore. If you'd like to hear other classes or hear me cover other classes in the future, uh, let me know. Let me know by leaving like a comment on this video because I'll post this video on YouTube or whatever or uh, hit us up on Twitter, Infinite Journeys or INF underscore Journeys on Twitter, Instagram, Infinite Journeys Podcast, uh, Infinite Journeys. It's just called Infinite Journeys on Patreon as well. But like I said, I'll leave a description or I'll leave a uh, link in the description of the podcast. So whenever you read the little tidbit about the podcast, just look for the link there. You can click on that to be brought directly to the Patreon where you can subscribe for $5 a month. You get access to over 50 hours of content because you get access to my old podcast, everything but the podcast, every single episode of that that I released. There's also like a one-off series I did called Strange History. That episode is still on there. I think that was when I was going by Tony Soros Rex or I don't know what I was doing then, but <laughs> but it's on there. And then all the episodes of Once Upon a Throwback, future episodes of Infinite Journeys Platinum, and uh, of course the new show. Uh, but I say story time with Tony Z. I almost forgot to name my own dang show, man. Yeah. So be on the lookout for those. And yeah, thank you so much for listening and watching. And I will catch you all again on the next episode, hopefully with Asher. But in, remember, everyone, when you're gaming, your journeys are always infinite.